Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast, sponsored by the awesome Najahi events. More about them later. Today's guest. There are just some people doing some good things out there. People like chicken soup for the soul types. And this person is one of those. Known to many on Instagram and TikTok simply as Murph's Life. So go check that out. A Canadian-American backpacker living in South America. He's best known for sharing heartwarming videos across his social media channels, highlighting how people live a less fortunate life in different countries. His videos are viewed by millions of people each week, which showcase himself and his team providing direct relief to people they meet in places like Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, and Venezuela. Incredibly, his followers make donations so that he and his team can offer direct assistance to the people that need it most. Unlike large charity organizations, they provide immediate relief in the form of food, shelter, employment, self-sustaining businesses and opportunities that help them get back on their feet. He's joining me today all the way from Honduras where he and his team are supporting locals who have been affected by a series of hurricanes. So join me as we chat about his mission to help the less fortunate and how you can help too. The incredible award-winning, okay, 2021 Most Impactful Hero Awards. Wonderful, kind, and just a really great guy, Aaron Murphy. Aaron, thank you so much for coming to join us on the show this afternoon, or the morning it is where you are, over in Honduras. Is that where you are, Honduras? Yeah, Honduras, uh-huh. Okay, amazing, the other side of the world. The wonders of modern technology to get someone from Honduras to be chatting away with us live on video, and we're over in Dubai on the other side of the world. So the, the people that I've told about you and your TikTok account that obviously has something close to 2 million followers with the great work that you do but for people that don't know you don't know what you do um please just give us a couple of minutes of an intro as to what you do how you do it why you do it what on earth happened to kind of flick that switch and to get you doing it yeah so i mean i guess it's, so i'm always asking myself like why i do this i think everyone asks themselves like why do i really do what i'm doing you know what i mean when you're when you're following um any type of career and so something with this is I guess like I've been doing like a lot of meditation and kind of pondering on like, why am I here, you know, helping people? And I guess the biggest thing is I, before I came out to South America, it was originally just to go backpacking, right? Like I was burned out from working in the music space. I threw a lot of events, primarily worked in electronic music, a lot of touring. It was a lot of alcohol, a lot of drug use. And as soon as like my body and my soul got burned out from this, um, I needed a rapid change. And so I, I just I went backpacking in South America. I wanted to learn Spanish, you know. Um, and as soon as I got here, I, st- I, I didn't know anything about Venezuela. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with what happened in Venezuela, but there's literally millions of people that are just with their families, pushing their babies and strollers like on the streets looking for a better life, um, basically run by Maduro, like a, a I'm not super into the politics. I don't just, you know, kind of overhearing, but it's like a very communist, um, destroyed their economy, extreme inflation. And so like to learn Spanish, I would, I started doing these YouTube videos where I'm just, I would spend 24 hours living with them in the streets. And for me, it was fascinating. Like I always had my, my basic necessities taken care of, right? Like that was my bubble. Like I have food, I have water, you know, I can, I have places to crash. I have a car and that's just something normal. And you know, the more you're around, like, I guess, comfortability, 
Um, it just seems like everyone else is in that same universe. You know what I mean? And so at living here with these people, I, I started noticing something that was, you know, after leaving the United States and being in Canada, I realized that there's a lot of, of uh, unhappiness, a lot of depression, a lot of pain, uh, like pill use, right? Like a lot of people are on depression, depression meds. Uh, the younger generation needs to use like Adderall, right? To, to get to work and to feel motivated. And, and I'm looking at these people and I'm like, I'm like talking about how I used to have like anxiety and panic attacks to them. And they're like, what's a panic attack? Like me explaining like, oh, you know, it's where you need to like lock yourself in a bathroom and be like, oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I feeling? Like I'm freaking out. And, and then I'm, I'm thinking like, I can imagine having children living in the streets, you know, like we have this fear of, of third world countries already of like thieves and getting kidnapped. And you know what I mean? Like all these things from watching movies and TV and, and of course it is real realities. Um, but like being on the streets with my children, with my babies, and I don't know where they're going to get food. I don't know how they're going to get medical attention. I don't know where they're going to sleep. I don't know the future if they're going to be able to have an education. And like these people will be, this is the main thing. Like they're laughing with me. They're joking around. They're like, here, have some bread, like have some chicken here that we were gifted. You know what I mean? From someone driving by. And like, that was like that fascinating part. Like I'm learning Spanish, I'm being with these people. And it was like, it was a very healing process for me, for myself. Of It's like, I, I look at it totally different now. Like people are like, oh, do you just feel horrible? Do you feel sad? Like you can't help everyone. And I'm just like, you got it backwards. Like these people have a, a, like a treasure. Like, you know what I mean? Like they have a gem, like diamonds that we, that we need. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how to explain it. So like when I, when I do this work, um, what, some of the most like fulfilling things for me is not like doing the charity part. Like, here you go, here's your new house. You know, like I love gifting houses and with every house comes a business, you know, like my, my charity is a little different. Like how it works is you see a video, like here's this, here's this family, right? They went through this trial with your donations. We want to build them a house and build them a business. And you guys directly see where your money goes. It's not, you know, I'm not a big organization. It doesn't go towards, I don't have a building. I don't have work trucks. Um, no one's on six figure salaries. It's we get the money and we bless the people. And, and the main purpose of it, I guess you could say is I've received a lot of emails of people talking about like how they were suicidal. And like one guy sent me an email talking about how he was like standing on a bridge about you know, about to kill himself. And he's like, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to go home. And he's like, I went home and like, I'm just very suicidal. Like, why am I here? Why am I on my phone? And he was scrolling through and he saw one of my videos. And he said that person telling the story of like, of was kind of what I'm talking about was so like touching of like, like I'm mad because I don't have my raise. I'm mad. You know what I mean? Like all these like materialistic things that cause unhappiness and you know, whatever these these thoughts that'll get inside of our heads to create those, those kind of like negative emotions, like that spiral. Um, and he's like, basically I, I started watching that and it led me on to like a healing journey. So I think that's the main reason why I do it is not necessarily to help that one family, but it's like, it's for me, it's like, listen to these people. It's about their stories. And that's another reason why I like to keep myself out of it as much as possible. Um, for the most part, it's like, if I have someone who has a really cool story, and they're a fighter, you know, it's, it's nothing religious. I'm not trying to push. There's a lot of like Christianity and there's a lot of people that believe in the Bible down here. 
And this is nothing religious. Like I'm not going out and I'm not saying like, you need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. It's just like, that's where I'm at. And these people have a lot of faith in this. And, and I find that absolutely beautiful to where, you know, life can throw a lot of crazy stuff at you. And, and if you hold on to like that, that, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is in that higher power and that faith, you know, you, you can find true beauty in that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going off on a rant right now. It's, but. Uh, it's very cool. But let's let's just roll it back. You you started making content on social media. You've now taken from that content. You've taken it to another level where you're getting people to donate to try and help. Can you remember the first person you helped? The first person I helped. Um, the first. So I mean, I've been doing similar stuff for about eight nine years. But like, I guess like really like on TikTok. I guess you could say would be on YouTube videos. So I started like filming these families that were in the streets and it wasn't something where I'd be like, hey, look what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Because I would, I would provide them with a lot of food and like basic necessities and I wouldn't really show that. But I would say probably one of the first people were I filmed these these single moms that were living off of like three, four dollars a day and they had a whole bunch of kids and like the nine year old kids would uh, would go out and, he and help like sell socks and clothing in the street, you know, on their little on their little stands. And it was like my only following was my, my friends on Instagram and Facebook and uh, my aunt and then a couple random friends from Facebook were like, they saw that video and they're like, hey, like I want to help that family out. Um, so they sent like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you know, and I went and, and bought them food, built them a small little business. We called it the Gringo Loco because that was kind of like a nickname people would give me out here where they could sell like chicken. Um, okay, hold on a minute, hold, hold, hold on a minute. So basically, you didn't go in there with an intention. It just you showed a video, and other people said, "I want to help." And from small acorns, the great oak trees grow. And so that's literally what happened. It wasn't like an agenda, a plan, a strategy. It was some people saw that and were like, "I want. Can I help? Is there something I can do?" And you were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And that that's something that's like I always felt kind of weird. You know, like when people would go and it's something like I kind of battle like in, in, interiorly. Inter is that the word? Internally. Inter internally. Uh, internally, yeah, where people go and they'll just show, you know, it's 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 like a really thin line, you know, of like, look what I'm doing for, for just, you know what I mean, to get views. Because it's a very easy way to, to grow a page. I wouldn't say easy, but it's a lot easier to like to go and make people like feel good, you know. And it was always something I'm like really careful with, like. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't want to be that person. Like, look what I'm doing, you know? But as, but it was like my aunt, my aunt Bert, she started sending like a hundred bucks every once in a while, 500 bucks a month. And I thought that was so cool. Like random friends I haven't talked to in, in years, you know, since like early college days and like the party days, you know, they're like, Hey man, that really touched me. That, that YouTube video you threw up, you know, here you go. Uh, one of my first, um, one of my first TikToks was, so my sister and my friend, they were like, Hey, you got to put this on TikTok. And for me, like, I was so against TikTok. I'm like, oh, it's like a little kid's app where people just dance. And you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, I don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't have time for this in my life. And eventually, like, I had some friends that are like, hey, here's some money for you. And the reason why I think I did TikTok is because um, the day I left Colombia into Ecuador was the, the beginning of the pandemic. And so, like, there was no buses, no trains, nothing. Like, I'm completely stuck in, in Ecuador on the border town, a small village. And I was there for almost a year. Like, I couldn't leave. It was kind of scary. And 
you know, I'm, I was just so bored inside of my house. I really had nothing to do. And then finally they let people leave the town to like walk around in like a three hour period, you know? And, and like, I would post my TikToks basically are my Instagram stories. And then I'll like, you know what I mean? It's like a puzzle piece for me. I'll kind of put it together. Like, you know, like to tell a story of people. Um, and so anyway, like my, I had some friends that are like, Hey David, there's this David there. Like this 14 year old kid, his mom abandoned him and his two little brothers. Um, and I thought that was crazy. Like, I'm like this 13 year old, 14 year old kid is taking care of his like nine and five year old brother. You know, the mom was an alcoholic, ran off to Peru. And like, I asked him like, what do you want to be when you're older? And he said, um, I wanted, I always wanted to be a YouTuber, you know, I wanted to like save my allowance up and buy a camera one day. And now I have to like, I had to sell everything in our house, like our TVs to be able to buy estuchas, like little controllers. And he had this little like stand, he would walk around and be just yell on the street, estucha, estucha, you know, to take care of his siblings and himself from not, and like he had to pay rent now, this young kid. And uh, in this time, like to survive out here, when I was backpacking, I used, I was selling um, pest control for a friend's small company. Like I would do like Facebook ads and stuff. And he'd just give me like a commission that was, I could live really comfortably that way without having to dip too much into my savings. And in any way, like when the pandemic broke out, like all that just, you know what I mean? That just went to, went to, went to hell. And um, I'm like, my money's running low. And it was never like a fear. Like I can always go back to America and, and, and make money, you know, like that's not an issue. Um, but like kind of seeing this kid there and I'm like, I'm like, I had a little bit of money that like some friends sent and it was, and it was like, I'm, I'm just posting this to send, to send to my sister. You know, I'm like, I'm like having a kind of on a selfie here. And I'm like, Hey, this is David. I'm like telling the story basically to my sister, right. That I'm going to send over to her. Like, Hey, this is David. He's 14 year old. He was abandoned by his mom. And I kind of give him 20 bucks, you know, like from just little donations that my friends would send me like, here's 15 bucks, here's 20 bucks, you know, um, bottom lunch, like chicken and like kind of looking at it now, like, it's like, I don't know if I've kind of, I feel a little bit weird about that just because it's like, I don't, I don't like showing my face and handing money over, but originally it was just, you know, to show my sister and she's like, put it on TikTok. I put it on TikTok and it was like a million views, you know, the next day. Um, and that really allowed donations to come in to where I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to start building businesses and, um, yeah. How many, how many families do you think you've helped? Oh man, probably, I would say like five or 600 now. Five or 600 lives you have impacted in a positive way. I honestly, like, I'm trying to think of people where we've actually like done something pretty significant, like repaired a roof or yeah. you know but it could it would be in the thousands because like we've done projects to where um and a lot of times if it doesn't make sense i won't post it on on tiktok but like we ha had some pretty big donors uh while i was in paraguay and like anytime they'll say like the name of the country like paraguay i'll always assume like okay this is someone living in a first world country that has paraguay you know what i mean roots and i'm, I'm assuming they want that money to go in that country and so, like, right before I'm, in, I'm about to fly out, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to try to count through this, like, on my Venmo, my Cash App, whatever. Um, and, I, and I counted right around, like, $35,000 uh, that, that I had left over that weren't specifically for families that I was, like, raising money for. And we went, and this is something I've done, like, two or three times, but I went and bought um, a local grocery store. They let us sleep above. I was working in this neighborhood for probably like a month and a half. If you saw the last videos where... 
in Paraguay where like this woman with cancer, we paid for her cancer treatments. We bought her a new house, built her a pizzeria, like a pizza business. And then like it, it turned into yeah. like five or six videos, like building a house for an autistic kid, um, building like a, a hair salon for a woman. And, and anyway, this woman here, she was in debt and I could see them like literally crying at night. Like they had to take out so many loans throughout uh, COVID. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to like go. We just, we bought her entire grocery store out. Like, like just, I mean, talking like, flatbed trucks probably like six or seven just filled to the brim of rice beans toilet paper um diapers and we made like really fat like gift packages and we went around to this village and like we hooked everyone up you know like we just like i had like probably 15 20 volunteers with me this day and we would drive and then they would like knock on the door and like carry like the big garbage sack full and then we'd have like two small like garbage bags that were like cleaning soap shampoo and then the rest was like rice beans um so in that sense it would definitely be thousands but to help some like for me when i when i like when i help a family i want it to be like they're not going to be hungry the next day you know what i mean like i just love giving them the opportunity of having like a chicken farm a small business you know what i mean something that can maintain and do you um do you, I mean, uh, the reality is when you do stuff like this and you're selfless, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a little part of it that's selfish as well, isn't there? Because you're the feeling that you get from doing the good work that you do, it must fill you up, you know, emotionally with so many, you know, good emotional bubbles. But when you consider all of that stuff that you've done, um, it's, I'm sure it's very easy to say you're not, you're not even scratching the surface. There's so much more that can be done. So do you think you've found your calling and this is going to be what you're going to be doing with the rest of your life? Or do you think this is just a temporary journey for you? Uh, no, 100%. Yeah, this is my calling. There's, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. Um, it's, it's kind of funny you say that like about, it, it definitely is like when I get new volunteers down here, it's like, They'll have that like it's 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 like taking ecstasy for the first time when you see a family and you, and you come in. Right. And it's like they have nothing. They have dirt floors. They have absolutely nothing. No way of taking care of their kids. And then all of a sudden it's like, surprise, here's a house. Surprise, here's a business like everyone is just bawling. They're crying. It's it's a flood of, of, of literally ecstasy. Like it feels like, you know what I mean? Like coming from like a, a rave kid back in the day. It, it's like a drug rush. Um, and. But after you do it for so long, you know, it's it's like I kind of tell this to some of my friends how to explain it because they're like, hey, man, you like you didn't even cry. You like are you cold hearted or something like that. But I'm like, no, I mean, like imagine like a young kid who's never seen a vagina before. And that kid grows up to be a gynecologist. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of the gynecologist of charity right now where, <laughs> where it's just like every single day, you know, like I'm helping people and. And it's definitely like, and this is something where I feel like I'm learning wisdom from, you know what I mean? From God, from the universe or whatever, where it's like, if, if I feel like this rush of adrenaline, it, it means I'm not doing it enough. This should be, it shouldn't be easy work. Cause now like, there's a lot of things that go with it. Like when you help a neighbor and like, now my face is being recognized more and more, it gets really exhausting because I feel like life is about giving and receiving, you know? And when, when you're down here, like helping 24 seven, it can be incredibly draining. Like we're out here helping. And then it's like the neighbors come like, I have this problem. I have this problem. Like my kid has cancer. My, you know what I mean? Like help my aunts, help my cousins. Like every once in a while, if we work in an area too long, I can have five, 600 people show up in the street. And it's just like, 
you know what I mean? Like when you're running so many projects, like it'll just drain you. It's, it's rough. Um, so definitely like, that's where it pushes you. Like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? Like I, I got to a, a few points where it's just like, you want to just throw in the towel and be like, I never want to do this again. And how I really know it's my calling is just like those few people that I had a really strong connection with that I, I would probably have a friendship for the rest of my life. Like, you know, FaceTiming them and seeing them smile. And like, you know, we reunited a family, like a guy who left Venezuela a couple of years ago and we surprised him. Like we flew his wife down and got him a house, totally surprised him. One of the first people that I ever met, one of my first YouTube videos while I was in Colombia, And it's just like, I'll think of that. And I'm like, that's, there's nothing that can compare. You know what I mean? Like that is my eternal Ferrari. Like there's no other job or career path. I would rather work to make money, to be able to buy physical objects. It's like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so because of these emotions you go through, do you, do you need time to go away and recharge? And is that when you go from one country to the next or one city to the next to look for the next thing? Is that how you do it? Yeah, basically. I mean, legally, you can only stay in most countries for up to 90 days, you know, like that three month mark on a, on a, what do you call it? Like a tourist visa? Tourist visa. Yeah. And, and that's enough yeah. time for me. Like, I really do want to get to know all the Latin countries and, and really to be able to grow my platform and, you know, like kind of really just focusing because I, you know, I fell yeah. in love with the hold, Latin countries. Hold on a minute. I've got to, in, I've got to interrupt. So, so uh, have you been to Chile yet? I have not been to Chile. Oh. Okay, so let's take let's take Chile as the example. So, we, you and I, I fly over. I say, right, Aaron, I'm coming to help you, man. Okay, I'll uh, I'll meet you. I'll meet you in Buenos Aires on on the first of July. We'll go have dinner and then we'll get on a plane to to Santiago. We fly to Santiago. What's the first thing you do? How do you how do you find what you need to find to do what you need to do? So, like, I'll I'll show up to an area, and the first the first thing I want to have is is two nights in a hotel. And that's just so like I can kind of catch up on sleep. You know what I mean? Like kind of have like some good food. And then like while those two nights, I'll look for an Airbnb. And I'll try to find an Airbnb that's, I don't like working in big cities because it can get really distracting. And it's hard because like, if you're gonna completely build someone's house in a business, in a big city, it's like, okay, the couches are over there and the beds we gotta buy over there. And it's like traffic and it just doesn't work. Like a small town, we can knock these videos out and help families way faster. So I'll try to find like a, I'll kind of go through small towns like a week at a time. And then whether I'm in an Airbnb or like a cheap hotel, uh, literally I'll just be walking around. <clears throat> I'll be like, all right, let's go adventure. You know, like we'll just walk hundreds of miles and just get to know people. Like I'll walk into a neighborhood and I'll find people and I joke around with them. I'm like, Hey, what are you eating? What are you doing? Like I'll walk into people's houses. Um, and like I, I was an LDS missionary when I was 19, you know, the Mormon missionaries, with the little white shirts and little you know, mm -hmm. badges. Um, I, I did that in Brazil a long time ago. And it was like, it was just like my outgoing kind of personality is just like, I have fun meeting people, joke around with them. And la it's a lot different. Like you walk into someone's ho house in the US like that, you're going to get shot probably. You know? <laughs> Here in South America, they're like, whoa, like what is this dude doing in my house? And I'll be like, like, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll walk into the house and I'll be like, what are we doing? And they're like, who is this guy? I'm like, what are we eating for dinner? Like give him a stupid look and then everyone will start laughing. And then, you know what I mean? Like make friends real quick. And it's kind of like a way to really filter people. So I'll go through like kind of a period of questions of like when they ask me and I'll just have like a habit of my phone always kind of by my chest like this. 
And um, like when people ask me like, what am I doing? Like I'll always tell them like, I'm, oh, I'm just a backpacker. I'm really like a poor backpacker. Sometimes I'll tell them like I was robbed. I don't have much money. And it really like changes the whole dynamic of like how they talk to me. They no longer look at it as like, like the light, like gringo money. You know what I mean? Like I want to get rid of that as quick as possible and then hear their problems. Like, I'll, and I'll be quick too. Like I'll open up their fridge. I'll be like, oh, I want to see how much food you have here. And I'll always make sure like, you know, like it's a very like, I'll figure out like where, where I'm at with them, like on a friendship level really quick, you know, to not offend anyone. And, and then it's really, I guess like when you go, like you just psychologically, you know, like buddy buddies with someone really quick, you can figure it out. And they'll, and, and for me, like, it's weird. Like people just really open up to me. I feel like when, when you go in and you're just like, boom, you know what I mean? Like I have no walls. They feel like they can open up to me, you know? And so I'll go through like a period of questions. If, if they're comfortable with the camera, I'm like, and I'll always make sure I'll be like, no, no, problem. I estoy grabando. Like no problem. I'm filming. And, um, yeah, as long as they're like, yeah. And then if people like have a really cool and I'll usually tell too, like if if people come up to me and they're like laughing and smiling, I'm like, OK, this is like, you know what I mean? It's like a good person. You know, I'll, I'll make sure like I can see that maybe they're missing a piece of their roof and then go through like a series of questions of like my main main question is, what is your dream? You know, like what is the hardest thing you're dealing with right now? And I'll be like, yeah, like, like how does that make you feel? Like, you know what I mean? Like kind of bring that emotion out. Because every video, you know, sometimes they'll be like breaking down crying and they're like, ah, my dream is to have, you know what I mean, to, for my husband to work. Like one of the videos I'm thinking of, we just met her. She started crying. She had her baby in her hand. Her baby had a heart attack, was kind of had brain damage. And she's like, my dream is just for my husband to work. And like, I'm like, all right, tell me the story. And she like walked and took me to her house. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll kind of do that. And if like, if I'm really feeling it, like the neighbors are cool, like the neighbors are nice, they're coming out, they wanna help. Like we wanna help, like we wanna help paint a house. We wanna help, you know what I mean? Then I'm like, all right, cool. Let's let's just lock down here and help as many people as we can. And usually the max I can be in a town is a month because as soon as you help one family, then the next family, then the next family, it's like, you know what I mean? Like hundreds and hundreds of it's it gets kind of bombarded and we got to quickly just bounce so that's, that's kind of how i work it okay and tell me what where you've been so far and where you want to go yeah colombia ecuador um honduras brazil uh and now paraguay yeah now honduras and then from okay, honduras so you got, i think we'll go okay, so you got Mm -hmm. So you so you got Argentina, Chile, Bolivia left in South America, and you've got then Panama, um, Belize, maybe El Salvador. Yep, um, Mexico. The only place I've done in like for doing my actual TikToks in Central America is Honduras. So basically, I got everything. So I'll probably like cruise down like El Salvador, Nicaragua. Um, Costa Rica, Panama, and then maybe I'll go back down to South America and then do like Peru, Chile. Uh, I wanted to do Argentina, but their border is still currently closed and not letting anyone in. Um, that's another problem too. Like just a lot of borders are still closed between certain countries. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go down. Uh, but I never know, you know, like I might be like, I might meet a friend who's like, hey, let's go to Mexico. I'm like, all right, screw it. We're going to Mexico, you know? Uh, so, but yeah, I never, 
eventually we're going to get all the Latin countries. And so you've now got some 1.9 million followers on TikTok and you're getting donations coming on a regular basis. What, what, if, pe if people want to help, what could they do to help? Let's say, say people say, you know what, it's okay giving you money, Aaron, but I w I'd like to do more than just give you money. What could they do? Um, for me, honestly, like, I would say like, if it wants to directly help me, just sharing videos, helping me get the videos out there. You know, like uh, my Instagram is the same thing as TikTok. That's kind of where the, the TikTok starts. So if you, if you like a video, you know, sharing it helps just as much because maybe someone will see that, then they'll want to directly donate, you know, specifically to a family or whatever. So that's probably the biggest way. Um, but then if, if it's something else that's like really touching your, ha your heart, like I want to help. It's not necessarily that you want to help me. Maybe it's you want to help someone in your own community. And I would say, like, if you really feel that desire, you know what I mean? Just, like, go out and do it for someone. Um, like, find that person. You'll you'll be led to them for sure. And it's, like, I, th I think of, like, a lot of people create, like, these, like, walls in their head. Like, oh, I can't do that, you know? But it's, it's I, th I think about how much money I've spent on table service. You know what I mean? And, like, in nightclubs and bars and in Vegas where it's like, you can go through thousands of dollars, you know what I mean? On liquor like that, um, where you can, where literally like you can take two, $3,000 and go to a third world country and completely change a family's life for generations to come. You can build them a small business. You can build them a little chicken farm. You can build them a food cart. You can, you know what I mean? Like repair, they pay off their house, um, preventing them from, you know what I mean? Getting evicted. And so, if, if people really feel a desire, like I would say for me, like besides donating, uh, if you want to help share the videos, helps just as much as donating. Any way you want to donate would be on the website. Um, but it, if you want to do something more and more, I would say go out and just do this. You know, you don't have to necessarily like publish it, but it's, it's really healing. Just find a family, you know, and, and change their lives forever. It's, there's something special about helping someone who can never repay you, I think. Mm, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I did an adventure race in Sri Lanka a few years ago. And uh, on the adventure race, one of our challenges was to find a local family and go and buy ingredients and go to their house and allow them to let you cook them a meal. And so we were given, we were given two, two, but we were given $2. We had to buy the ingredients they set out. And then we had to go and find people somewhere that would let us into their house and cook for them. And it was one of the most moving and great fun and great memories experience I've ever had because these people thought I was absolutely mad um, and I'm in the kitchen using the utensils cooking them up you know the wife's looking at me thinking this boy can't cook uh, the the husband and, and, and the grandmother are having a laugh with me as well but uh, eventually we put a meal together for them we just sat around the table for the afternoon sharing stories you know the the, the, the father made fishing looms that was what he did with his with his time to make a living and um it's just uh, just a great experience. And, and like you said, so the, I think the most important thing that you've said today is if you really want to help, don't worry about me. Go and find somebody to make a difference with. Go and find somebody where you literally physically can go and do that because the, the, the psychological and emotional payback and, and result you get from that will just by its own existence make you want to do it more, which is exactly what's happened to you, isn't it? Yeah, of course it's, you know, it's, and then, and that's where it comes down to like selfish, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think really like it, it, this could be so, like, we're always buying self-help books and we're always, you know what I mean? Like listening to podcasts to see how we can better our life. Uh, there's nothing more like, 
what's like educational for your soul than just like actually going out and doing something, you know, like don't do it once, do it a few times until it feels boring. And then once you get to that point, like kind of look at it as like, you want to take care of your body, right? So we'll go to the gym and you know what I mean? Like that first couple days is hard. You're like, yeah, the doubts. And all of a sudden those first two weeks, it's like, um, you know what I mean? You're preaching to your friends and family. Like, what are you eating that for? You know what I mean? You're like a gym man until you hit that threshold of like one month. And then you're like, it really hits you. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a habit. It's not a part of your personality. Um, and like, why don't we do that with like serving one another? You know what I mean? Like, why don't we do that with helping one another where it gets to the point of like, I don't feel anything for myself and, and really like try to push past that point. You know what I mean? Like really push. And, and this is for what you were saying, like those people that really want to help me, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe forget myself, like do this, do this for yourself, but not only for yourself, but like for families, you know what I mean? Like for kids that are hungry, you know what I mean? Do it for, do it for humanity. It's cause it's not always easy taking care of humanity. It's a, it's not always easy taking care of your neighbors, but it's, it's worth it. Not only for your soul, but it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, to, to feed a child, you shouldn't have to feel good for yourself. You should feed a child because that damn child is hungry. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think we shouldn't always look at it as a way of, of feeling good, but just just doing it because we need to because we're humans. Aaron, mate, honestly, your words inspire. Uh, and I know it's matter of fact for you, but many people that are listening and watching this right now, will feel extremely humbled by your words. And I know, I know, and so do you guys out there that are listening to this right now, that some of you are gonna take some action. And for some of you that are thinking, maybe I should, don't let this story literally hang for a few days and then you forget about it. If you can go and do one thing, maybe you can start a movement like Aaron too. Aaron, thank you so much for coming to join us on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it been chatting with you here. Well, wasn't that lovely? Okay, matter of fact, as he might be, because he's done it for so long, he's helped thousands and thousands of families raise loads of money, all from producing videos of stuff that he saw that was affecting his heart when he was backpacking in South America. Many years later, he's found his calling. And I think sometimes a lot of us misunderstand what our calling might be trapped in the chasing money, chasing material possessions, and forgetting that humanity needs help too. Aaron's requested if you wanted to help, share his videos. Maybe you could share this video, and if you shared it, then guess what? Other people will see it, they'll see his story, and they'll go to his account too. At the end of the day, we have got neighbors that need help. We can turn a blind eye, we can ignore them, we can look down the end of our nose at people that aren't as fortunate as us, we can do that. Or we can remember, you can if you want to, make a little difference to someone that's less fortunate than yourself. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, then please, please, please give us a five-star rating. If you're listening to it on any other podcast app, please leave some comments, leave some love, follow. Because the more people that get to see and hear this type of content, the more impact we all can have together to make this world a better place.